Good afternoon, good morning, and depending on where you are in the world, good night. Happy Shabbos, good Sabbath. And now, a message from Rabbi Guy Cohen. Just do it. What does it mean to be Jewish? Where does the word come from? When you think of the word Jewish or Judaism, in Hebrew, Jewish means Yehudi. Judaism means Yehudut, the actual religion. But both of them comes from the word Yehuda, which is Judah. Yehuda, the tribe of Judah. Basically, the word that we use now for as a term for all of the Israelites, right? The Israelites of, of the past of the Bible days is Jewish people, the Jewish nation, but it's really not the Jewish nation, it's the sons of Israel, Bnei Israel, the sons of Israel, literally Jacob, because Jacob had twelve sons. We have twelve tribes. See, but only one of them is Judah. The rest of them are, you know, Ephraim, Dan, Naphtali, God. There's a lot of different tribes. So why do we call Jewish people for the entirety of the sons of Israel? See, to understand that, then you need to understand the history. Because back in those days, the tribe of Judah was actually separated. For the majority of the time of history, it was separated from the rest of the kingdom of Israel. Right after Solomon, his son Rehavam. God divided the kingdom. Judah had his own kingdom with the legacy of David, his sons, his descendants, and the rest of it was given to Israel. And if you study the history, study Chronicles and the Book of Kings, then you notice that as a general rule, Israel was rebellious against God, while Judah was so and so. <laughs> there was one king that did the right thing and then one king that did the wrong thing. See, in 2 Chronicles 25, it's talking about Amatia the king of Judah. He started reigning when he was 25 years old. And it's verse 2 said, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. So what does that mean? Because this verse by itself is very complex. He did what was right, but not wholeheartedly. You see, you can do the right thing and not put your heart in it. You know, when you're cooking for someone, when you're doing something for someone, you can do it just to do it, or you can do it with your whole heart. See, when you're doing something for your wife, you're giving her a foot massage. You can do it just to do it, you know, kind of look warm type of thing, or you can actually put your heart in it. See, God wants the heart. Yes, he wants you to do what he says, but he wants you to do it wholeheartedly. You see, what he did right was he showed mercy and he, he acted in accordance with the laws, with the biblical laws of God when it came to treating the people with respect and not murdering, not killing children, not putting children to death for the sins of their parents. So he did what was right, but his heart was a little messed up. See, in verse 5, it says, Amatia called the people of Judah together and assigned them according to their families to commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. He was gathering his military. Then he took all of those 20 years old or older, and there were 300,000 men fit for military service. Now, he, for some reason, he thought his military wasn't big enough, so he also hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel. So he was the king of Judah, 
and he hired a hundred thousand fighting men from Israel for a hundred talents of silver. So he was, even though he did the right thing in God's eyes, his heart wasn't with God. And that's why when he prepared for war, he didn't rely on the Lord. He relied on numbers of soldiers. And that is why he made a deal with Israel and he called in some mercenaries, a hundred thousand Israeli mercenaries. But you see, what happened to him though, because he did the right thing, God had mercy on him and sent him a messenger. You see, when God sends a prophet in your way, when God sends you a messenger, he's having mercy on you. Because you see, you learned to hate those who correct you, but a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a fool rejects the rebuke. You see, when you're being rebuked and when you're being told that you've done something wrong and you need correction, you should be glad because that means that that person actually cares about you and is willing to confront you in order to get you on the right path. So see, verse 7 said, But a man of God came to him and said, Your Majesty, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the people of Ephraim. See, the man of God came to Amatia and warned him. He said, be careful. Don't walk with those people. Don't walk with those hundred thousand people you just hired because the Lord is not with them. Even if you go and fight courageously in battle, God will overthrow you before the enemy for God has the power to help or to overthrow. See, he's warning him. saying, don't count on the numbers. Don't be impressed with a hundred thousand men. God is not with them. They're not with him. Therefore, if you walk into battle with those guys, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter how you fight. You can fight courageously, but without God, you're going to lose because God has the power to either help or overthrow. See, he was blessed by the prophet of God. And he was a little, a little dummy. You know, he received the message, but he told him in reply, in response, he said, but what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops? See, instead of receiving God's gift, of prophetic message warning him not to walk into battle with those hundred thousand men that are not with God. All he cared about was the money. He said, but what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops? Care about the money. But still, the man of God replied, the Lord can give you much more than that. So Amatia dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and sent them home. You see, to his credit, he did the right thing. The prophet told him, send them away. And he did. And it's so interesting to me how when we read something like that, we're so amazed and we, we, we give him credit for righteousness, for listening to the prophet because the bar is so low. The majority of the kings didn't even listen to the prophets when they warned them. The majority of them stoned or killed the prophets because they didn't like the message. There's no lack of kings in the scripture that threw prophets in a hole or in a dungeon or in prison because they didn't like the message that they gave them. You see, we always say don't shoot the messenger, yet you always end up shooting God's messengers because you don't like what he's telling you. That is how evil you are. So to Amatia's credit, even though he was a little goofy and he cared more about the money, he did receive the message and he dismissed the troops. Then he went he marshaled his strength and led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed 10,000 men of Seir. The army of Judah also captured 10,000 men alive, took them to the top of, the, of a cliff and threw them down so that all were dashed to pieces. 
You see, with the smaller army, he still won. But if he would have gone with the bigger army, he would have lost. It's not about the size, it's about the God. Do you walk with God? Because one God is a majority against 10 billion troops. One God is bigger than the rest of existence. The rest of the universe can come against God and he will win because he has the power. So coming back to being Jewish, we call ourselves Jewish people because Judah was the heart. Judah was the core of the nation. David came from the tribe of Judah, King David, King David of Israel. And therefore the rest of Israel was grafted into Judah. But not all Israel is of Judah. In fact, not all of Judah is of Judah because they don't have the heart. They have the blood, but not the spirit. You see, blood is thicker than water, but spirit is thicker than blood. Just because you were born into a tribe, into a family, into a nation, does not mean that your heart lies within it. We have plenty of people living in Israel today, Jewish people, that go and pursue Buddhism and Fangshism and yoga and all that other BS. Because apparently they don't like their own God, so they, they rather follow the nations. And there's nothing new about it. They did it, you know, 3,000 years ago. You can just read, <laughs> read your scripture. You know, the book of Chronicles. See how many times. The book of Judges, chapter 13. The first word is again. The second word is, the, you know, the Israelites did bad in the eyes of God. First verse. Again, the Israelites did the wrong thing in the eyes of God. And therefore, they were sent into captivity by the Philistines for 40 years. What's interesting is that it says again in the book of Judges. Now, if you know your, your scripture, the chronologically speaking, Judges comes before Kings, before Samuel, before all of that, which means that that again happened before we even started walking with God, with King David and the rest of them. So when we read Second Chronicles about all the kings of Israel and the king of Judah, you know, Ahab and the rest of those wicked people, it's just history already repeating itself up to modern times that we live in, and you see the exact same thing happening. But you see, there's nothing new, because in Isaiah 44, the Lord says, One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand, The Lord's, and will take the name Israel. You see, he's talking about the nation of Israel. But not all of them, all of the Israelites, belong to God. Not because God doesn't want them, because they don't want God. They can choose. We all have free will. We can choose whether we follow God or not. Just because you're an Israelite, you're born in a certain family, doesn't mean anything. You can walk away. You can leave the house. You can, you know, go to Spirado and then migrate to China, Afghanistan, Iraq, India. You can do whatever you want. And that's why God says, some will say, I belong to the Lord. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. You make your own choice. And some people will call themselves Jacob. Some people say, yeah, I'm an Israeli. Some people say, I'm a Jacobist. I don't know. People do all kinds of weird things. I have no idea why. I don't get it because I get the Lord. I know the Lord. Why would I follow anything else? But they do. And it's their choice. God loves you enough to give you the choice to destroy yourself. I mean, if you didn't, it wouldn't be true love. If you were forced to love him, it wouldn't be love. It would just be an obedience. It would just be mandatory. But true love is voluntarily. You can choose to love, 
because you can choose not to love. So it's really your choice. So don't hate the messenger. Love the messenger because the messenger comes from the God who loves you. The messenger is simply the mouth. Because God spoke to us once directly in, uh, I think it was in Exodus or Leviticus, when he spoke from the mountain, the whole mountain was on fire and he spoke to us from the flames and, and all the Israelites were all freaking out. Everybody were screaming and yelling and they asked Moses, they said, tell your God to, to talk to you and you give us the message because we don't want to die. We, we're too scared of this mountain and if we hear from God, we're going to die. And then God liked it. He said, you know what, that, that's fine. I'm going to talk to Moses. He's going to give you the message. So now people say, why doesn't God just speak from a cloud and, you know, make, make, make himself known to everyone on earth? Well, he could and he will. But for right now and for the course of history, he said, well, you guys asked for it. I'm basically giving you what you want. I mean, you asked for a king also. God did not give us a king. We asked for it. We said, oh, we don't want this invisible God. Give us a king like the rest of the nations. And he gave us a king. We got King Saul and, you know, the rest of it. <laughs> He didn't have his heart after God. David did. But David was only mortal. He died. And then came Solomon. And he didn't have the heart of God. And so Rehavam and the rest of them. None of them had the heart of God. And eventually God had enough. And he broke down the kingdom. And went into exile in Babylon for 70 years. And then you can read the book of Daniel. The book of Jeremiah. Talking about that period in time. See the Bible is a history book. As well as a spiritual book. That is why it doesn't make sense to me when people say they don't believe in the Bible. I mean, what is there not to believe? It's history. You have facts. You have archaeological findings that support everything that is written in the Bible. I mean, you have all the tombs in Israel. You have the Western Wall. You have all these antiques that you keep digging up. You have all the remains from Babylon. All the scripture, the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have all the evidence. So it's really a question of whether you submit your ego and humble yourself before God or whether you want to take up your cause against him and try to be your own God. But let me give you a word of advice. Between you and God, he's going to win. So make up your mind and choose God or you. I'm putting my money and my soul on God. Hallelujah.